The topics and opinions expressed on the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4WN Radio. Good evening. Welcome to Fearless Fabulous You, the Empower Hour for Women on W4WN, the Women for Women Network. I'm your host, Melanie Young, author, wellness advocate, breast cancer survivor, and loving it every minute of life. Each week, we bring you inspiring women and health and wellness and beauty experts who share their stories and insights to help you live life on your terms. Tonight, we have a double header for fabulous women. And I'm going to start with uh, the dynamic duo of Laurel Kamen and Christine Irvin, who are the co-founders of Aloro Collection, a wonderful line of clothing for women uh, with breast cancer. It's got a great story about it, and I was proud to feature Aloro Collection in my book, Getting Things Off My Chest, A Survivor's Guide to Staying Fearless and Fabulous in the Face of Breast Cancer. Uh, Laurel um, is a breast cancer survivor herself, and in 2011, uh, just as she was uh, about to undergo a double mastectomy, she had this vision of creating a line of clothing to help women feel stylish and comfortable while facing breast cancer. But I'll be honest, I have seen the clothes and been to the trunk shows um, that Laurel and her partner, business partner, Christine, um, have created, and they are clothes for any woman. Welcome, Laurel and Christine. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. Well, I am uh, just thrilled to have you both. Um, just a little bit more about you. You're both former business executives and longtime friends uh, who came together. Um, Laurel, why don't you just take us back to this vision and, and how this all kind of came about and how you and Christine joined forces? Certainly. I mean, like, like every woman who gets a diagnosis they don't really want, I was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2011, and it was recommended that I have a, um, a mastectomy on one side. And after thinking about it and researching it and soul-searching, I decided to have a double mastectomy. And as I was getting ready for my surgery, I was looking around for how am I going to recover? What am I going to put on? And mm-hmm. I just couldn't, I couldn't find any beautiful clothes to, to, that would be good while I was recovering. I, I couldn't find anything except people said, well, just get a big man's shirt or yeah. just get an oversized sweatshirt. And I thought, no, I, I think women who are recovering should have something really beautiful to wear while they're getting better. I agree. And and you also say that you ended up having a double mastectomy and it saved your life. Yes. As it, as it turns out, the week after my surgery, I went into my surgeon with my husband. We sat in the chair and my surgeon said, Laurel, you are a genius. And I said, really? <laughs> and she said, yes, because there was a far worse cancer detected on your other side that did not show up in the mammogram. And in, in effect, you've saved your own life. And with that, I knew that I had to pursue this dream of 
bringing forth a collection um, of beautiful clothes for women who are recovering that were inside the world of fashion that were still beautiful for any woman but would be great while you're, while you're getting better. And so I turned to my best friend, Christine, and said, we've got to do this. We've got to do this. The night before my surgery, I said, will you do this with me? And she said, I'm in. Now, I got to tell you, I'm really impressed by that because most women the night before having a double mastectomy, the last thing on their mind is starting a new business, right? <laughs> so that's pretty I think, impressive. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. But Christine, you know, she can tell you the reaction she had to that night. Well, actually, I was standing outside the Museum of Modern Art in New York, and I'm talking to Laurel, expecting her to be sobbing on the phone, but instead... She is going forward with her life and just asked me to join her in something that helps other people renew themselves and get better. And as I said to her much later, I said, you know, you could have asked me to start a car wash with you in Pittsburgh, and I would have said I'm in. But truly, I really knew she had come up with something that was going to be so beneficial, not only to herself, but to so many other women, and just to be part of a wellness tool that we could provide to people as they, you know, move forward in their lives. It's amazing. Now, of course, neither of you actually have a fashion background. You're both business executives. Um, Christine, you're in finance, correct? And Laura worked for American Express. So how did you come together and and, and start the design, the the conception and design process? And how long did it take? Well, that was easy. Um, I have a cousin uh, Rodine Landau, who is an established dress designer in New York City for over 30 years, um, who is known for her beautiful fabrics, her beautiful draping, and her just great sense of design. And I knew that she would work with us to create just the right beautiful things that women would feel wonderful putting on. And so... The morning after my surgery, uh, I called Rodine and said, Christine and I want you to join us and do this incredible fashion collection. And she also said she amazing, was- the morning after your surgery, most people are still drugged out. You, you have an, a great brain. So as I understand, first of all, I just want listeners to know all the clothes are made in the United States, correct? In the garment district, right? In New York City. I, I would say, yeah, not a, I would say that about 85% of our clothes are made there. there. We do have some accessories and bags and one piece or two that are not made in the United States, but I'd say about 85 to 90% of our clothing is made in the U.S. in the Garment District of New York City. That's fantastic. Now, as I understand, you have what you say is a 20-point proprietary design elements in your core collection, which is, I believe, 15 pieces. Would you give us some examples? Yes. I mean, this this took us many, many months. Um, while I was recovering from my surgery, mm-hmm. I read every blog I could find about breast cancer and women who are recovering, whether it was chemotherapy, radiation, or surgery. And I looked at all the things that women were going through and what they were complaining about and what, they, what was hurting them. Mm-hmm. And from those things and from talking to my surgeon and my oncologist and nurses, from those things, Christine and I put together 20 different things a woman goes through as she's recovering. And let me give you a few of those. Good. The biggest one, of course, when you have surgery is that you cannot lift your arms. Right. Uh, you, can't, you can't lift them. You're in great pain underneath your sides, uh, your front. 
Uh, your neckline, you cannot bear any weight on your shoulders. Mm-hmm. You, you need things that breathe. You cannot stand weight anywhere on you. Uh, there's often heat involved, so you want fabrics that breathe. Um, and so we, we took those and many other things, a few other things, and we, we then designed clothes so that our beautiful shirts, for instance, have a dolman sleeve that do not touch a woman's body till it's almost to her waist. And so, and then our, our camisoles do not have any seams on the sides where you're hurting, only in the back. And all our clothes are lightweight and they're breathable and they're flowing and they don't, they don't hold you tight. So we took those things and it turns out, which is really wonderful, that our original idea was right, which is all women want beautiful, flowing clothes that are colorful, that breathe, and that look nice. And so not only are we serving women who have breast cancer at this point who are recovering, but we've sold so many pieces to their friends and family who just like the pieces themselves. Well, I mean, the, the, the clothes are absolutely beautiful. And, and also I want to note that the, 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 um, it's not only the fabrics that are soft, but you have very flattering colors, which is important for anyone who's um, not feeling well. It, it, it lifts up the complexion, right? Right. This is Christine. And one of the things we really recognized right from the beginning was that really cancer drains the color out of your life. And what we wanted to do was help bring color back into your life with incredibly beautiful colors as well as soft fabric. So that's been one, you know, both of those um, efforts have been part of the linchpins of the, of the collection. And so we've had a really remarkable time working with our designer and many other people who have jumped in to help us. And we basically were neophytes in the fashion world, but because of a lot of really generous help from other people. We've been able to really start our business. We launched um, last year, and we launched after 13 months of like 24 to 7 days, and we continue to have a really beautiful core collection of clothes that, as Laurel said, really were designed for issues that women have recovering from breast cancer, but look wonderful on all women. So it really is an elegant, easy-to-wear fashion collection. So we're, you know, the Laura collection is, is our, our, our passion right now. Where are you selling uh, the line? Well, we sell in two places. We have an online uh, uh, website, thealaurelcollection.com, and then we sell at trunk shows. Uh, all around the country? All around the country, yes. So h- how many trunk shows are you doing um, right now a year? Right now, well, in, in the past couple of weeks, we've done seven um, in the last wow. two, ten days. So we are average, averaging about 20 trunk shows a year. That's and, great. You know, it's, we are just hoping to increase that as the word gets out. We've had a lot of great publicity, and uh, information on our trunk shows is on our websites, and we are available um, to, you know, you know, have our trunk shows at, at people's homes or at other facilities. And so if you go to www.alaurelcollection.com, you can contact us, and you can also see where our trunk shows are being held and also part of the collection. 
And I just want to repeat that and spell it out. It's www.alloro.collection.com. So A-L-L-O-R-O. Um, what is the price range for um, the line? Can you give us some examples? Sure. That we have, uh, because we really want to make the, the collection of, uh, accessible and affordable, uh, we have our price ranges go from $42 to, to 200 and that is for accessories and our uh, mostly uh, the core collection is, is tops and, uh, you know, the, those, those fashion elements um, to really deal with the issues of recovering from breast cancer. Yeah, I want to. I remember when I was having my double mastectomy, my girlfriend Melanie came over and she had taken tank tops that she bought at the Gap and it cut the side seams and put snaps in and gave them mm-hmm. to me because she said, You're not going to be able to lift your arms and whatever you do, don't get pants that are hard to pull on and off. And, and I, I was like running around going to like the Gap because I didn't know where else to go. And, and I was wearing, you know, the dad shirts because I really couldn't find anything. And a big problem was, you know, you can't put, you can't lift anything over your head. So everything has to be wrapped or but loose because you also are wearing drains, you know, when you're finishing surgery. So it's a very um, strange. I was wearing, it was, for me, it was fall, so I was wearing like capes, <laughs> a lot of capes, <laughs> ponchos. Um, but what's nice is you do have a lot of versatile tops um, that uh, would look good really on anybody, um, an any size woman, which is also a consideration since... Um, People come in all sizes. And you also have accessories. I see you have a, a beautiful necklace uh, and scarves, which are just godsends. Tell us about those. Yes. The, um, the scarves were selected with great love and affection because, when, as, as Christine says, cancer drains the color out of women's lives. And mm-hmm. there's nothing more beautiful than lightweight but beautiful scarf that lights up a woman's face and sends her out the door and covers up those things that may have changed for her. And so our scarves are really spectacular. They're all designed in Paris. They're made in India. Um, they, co- they have lightweight cashmere, silk, cotton, linen. What, any, all of them, though, are, are chosen with beautiful, rich colors and these scarves have been sort of a point of delight for every single one of our shows. And, um, and we have a bag because women, one of, our, one of our 20 elements is that women cannot lift more than 10 pounds for several months after surgery. And, and, and so, often for the long term for some women, yeah. And for, the, and for other women, it's for a much longer time. Mm-hmm. And so we have a bag that's made out of mesh. Um, carefully designed with every element to make it light so that it weighs no more than a perfume bottle and yet it would carry anything that a, a carry-all, almost an overnight carry-all, would, would, would hold. And, you know, we're so proud of that. The straps are light so that they're easy to carry. It has pockets so if you're going to the beach or you're going home from the hospital, mm-hmm. the bag is a beautiful bag. And so, uh, and we have our beautiful jewelry. We have a, our signature piece, which says um, uh, it has beautiful, unique Murano glass uh, on one side with our color that is purple. And on the other side, it says Aloro and Joy. 
because our tagline is Recapture the Joy. That's right. That's also your Twitter uh, handle, Recapture Joy, correct? That's right. Well, what I love also is that, it's, you know, <laughs> and I just wrote about this on Huffington Post, um, or I'm about, about to, you're not overly pink. So this is, this is not a collection that's pinked out. It's, it's, it's all colors and colors that, you know, relate to women who are busy running, you know, busy at work or social. So it, these are um, very sophisticated clothes, but also... Um, not so sophisticated that just an everyday mom would just want to wear them to go out and you know go pick up her kids. I mean, there's they're versatile, and I, I and wouldn't you agree that you have? I think versatility is a is a key here. Yes, we 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 have pieces that will go over your jeans, that will go over your pajamas, or will take you out to a wedding. So that and that's yeah, and that's important because you are going to have a normal life and keep active and vibrant while you're going through treatment. You're not going to be staying home wrapped up in a bathrobe all the time. And and even though everybody wants to give you bathrobes and pink socks and hats, it's really about having beautiful clothes for the life you want to live. Yes, we're not against pink by any means. And and the people who have promoted that have done a magnificent job. Magnificent. Really magnificent. So... We applaud them with all our hearts. It's just that our, we, we just want to expand the whole notion a little bit, and our idea is purple because the word alloro means laurel in Italian, but it also means the sign of victory, and um, purple is the sign of victory. So we just, we just we're trying to be creative and, and just broaden it just a little bit. Well, purple, is also, yeah, purple is also the sign of cancer survivorship, by the way. That's correct. Right. And, and Melanie, as you know, uh, it, a, a lot of what we're doing is just to just provide a lot of confidence for women mm-hmm. to get them out of their house and get in, getting them back into their lives. And it's just really whatever we can do to aid in that effort. And I think the one thing that we haven't talked about is that um, 25% of our profits uh, we're donating to and organizations that help women who are underserved or underinsured uh, to get mammograms and treatment. So it's, it's not only helping women, but it's helping women who can't help themselves as well. Which I think is really, really important. Um, what is the uh, name of the beneficiary you're working with? Prevent Cancer mm-hmm. Foundation. Mm-hmm. Located in uh, Bethesda, and they have a great program that provides mamma vans that go throughout the inner city areas, uh, primarily in Chicago and Washington at this point. And they also provide follow-up care for the women that that are found of uh, cancer. So it's a really sort of full-effort organization. I think that's fantastic because I think one of the most important things that has to happen for anyone who's going through um, a, a disease, particularly one that can really land a blow on your self-esteem and your image is like breast cancer is, is to keep women confident and feeling good about themselves because that also is part of the healing process. That's, um, that's right. Yeah. And, and that's our whole notion was to create with these 
trunk shows a feeling of a bazaar for women where there would be colorful scarves and nice jewelry and beautiful clothes and jewel-toned things and bags and things to share and look at and laugh about and try on together. So, um, you know, you've had an amazing launch and Laurel Collection is now in its second year. What is your crystal ball? What are your future plans? Are you going to expand? Will you ever get a brick-and-mortar store? You know, I, I don't know about a brick-and-mortar store, but I, we have learned a couple of things. You know, one is that our clothes are really hitting a nerve with women who've, who've had no health problems in their entire lives, but who just love the clothes for their grace and their color and their ease and their sophistication. That's one thing we've learned. Another thing we've learned is that there are, there are other challenges that women go through um, as they recover from various things that, in, that that we might be able to help them feel better and look better. For instance, we're creating um, pieces that don't require the fingertips to do the buttoning, uh, or the, and so we're providing snaps or Velcro. There are there are many ways I think that we can help people as they um, have challenges and yet want to look great. I think that's great, yeah, because neuropathy, just to, to, for listeners, is an issue and, and it affects your fingertips and sometimes your fingers are numb from uh, treatment. So that's why snaps are sometimes easier than uh, definitely buttons and often zippers. Um, so uh, we're about to r- wrap up. Tell me, um, so how do you both stay fabulous uh, when you're running around the country um, launching this brand and building it? What, what do you do to balance out? Well, uh, for myself, I think yoga and the occasional Cosmo does the trick. <laughs> I guess for me, it's, the, it's coming home and having a quiet dinner with my husband and very busy 30-year-old daughter and telling them the tales of the road of Aloro. Well, I think it's good that you are able to share um, your success with your friends and family and bring more joy and beauty into the world of women who are facing breast cancer. Uh, I, I can't emphasize enough how significant it is because when I was researching getting off my chest, I was so grateful to read about you two in the, Wall- in the Washington Post because I couldn't find any uh, clothing lines. I mean, they're just, just suddenly few, um, but most of them were fairly uh, matronly looking and I wanted something that was uh, to feature something stylish and I think you two have hit the mark. Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, what, whatever, any, you know, we're, we're not saying we're the do-all, end-all of fashion um, for anything, except we're dedicated to making a beautiful collection for women, and we're going to be introducing more and more new pieces each season now um, so that people can stay with us and really feel good going forward. Well, I think that's wonderful. Again, we're talking to Laurel Kamen and Christine Irvin, who are founders of Alora Collection. You can find more at www.alorocollection.com, A-L-L-O-R-O Collection. They are on Facebook at Alora Collection. Twitter is Recapture Joy. There's also a Pinterest.com, uh, Recapture Joy, and YouTube, uh, Alora Collection, right? Did I cover everything? Yes, that's it. You did it, right? 
Well, I want to thank you for bringing beauty into the lives of women who need it at a time when they need it most and wish you a fearless and fabulous evening, my friends. Well, thank you. You know, my dear, you're the best. You're, what you've done is just amazing, your spirit, your energy, and your joy, and there's nobody better than what you're doing out there right now. Well, you know, it, 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 took, it took learning to go through breast cancer to rethink my own life, and it gives me great happiness to be able to bring more people out there. And this show is, you know, go, can go around the world because it's on iHeartRadio as well as W4WN, so the more message we can get out, the better. So well, thank you great. very, very much. Thank you very thank much. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. 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 All right, that was Christine Irvin and Laurel Kamen, the founders of the Laurel Collection. Uh, this is Melanie Young, your host on Fearless, Fabulous You on W4WN.com. Uh, this show will also be available on iHeartRadio.com. Before we go to our next dynamic duo, I just want to say a few things. First of all, you have until uh, midnight tonight, Pacific time, to purchase an uh, ebook version of Getting Things Off My Chest, A Survivor's Guide to staying fearless and fabulous in the face of breast cancer for just 99 cents. So an ebook for just 99 cents, regular 6.99. You just need to go to amazon.com and click on and this is a great book to send to someone. It's been called the essential guidebook for anyone facing breast cancer. On Wednesday of this week, my good friend Dr. Martha Eddy who was on my show uh, September 29th will conduct a webinar with me called In the Pink, How to Stay Fearless and Fabulous uh, with the Susan G. Komen New York um, office. It is at 6, at, I'm sorry, 5.30 Eastern Standard Time on Wednesday, October 29th. And it is a free webinar. Uh, we'll be covering uh, nutrition, stress management, diet, um, exercise, and everything to make you feel good. You can go to www comennyc.com that's k-o-m-e-n-n-y-c dot org sorry dot org if you would like to find out more about the in the pink stay fearless and fabulous I just want to say I love pink I am grateful for every organization that supports breast cancer awareness Um, so my comments about wearing pink just means I like to have a diversified color in my own wardrobe but I am grateful to everyone who's supporting the cause this month and 365 days out of the year, which is going to lead me to our next guest. Now, this is, we're going from fashion to the bar, and I don't mean the legal bar. I'm talking about the bartending world. My next guests are renowned mixologists, um, Ivy Mix and Lynette Marrero, um, who have created this incredible program called Speed Brack. It's the first global competition designed to highlight up-and-coming women in the cocktail industry. And it also raises money for breast cancer charities. Um, I'm going to let them tell more about it, but I have been to several of the Speed Rack competition finals in New York, and they are so high energy. It's amazing. Welcome, Lynette and Ivy. Hi, Melanie. Do we Hi, have a, are, you? are you both on? It's great to have you on. I know you guys, you, you ladies are busy, busy, busy traveling around the country a lot. And this is probably your prime time since it's evening. So thank you for taking the time to come, <laughs> to come on the show when I know this is like your work, work time, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I actually just finished an education with, um, 
women about a new scotch whiskey that launched. So it was a perfect opportunity to share, um, you know, new things, new experiences, new learnings with a group of great women and then hop on a conversation to talk more about amazing women and what we can all accomplish together. So this is thank you so much for having us here today. Well, um, I am yeah. going to, for this show, and I just want to also know Ivy and Lynette are going to be on my show with my husband, David Ransom, on Wednesday, the Connected Table Live, where we're going to talk shop um, and the industry, but, uh, which is going to be great. But for tonight, first of all, I want to talk about two things. First of all, I want you to tell our listeners who are not in the bar industry what Speed Rack is and how it works. Sure. So I can kind of explain a little bit about what it is and how it works. Um, Speed Rack is a two-tier concept. First of all, we are a all-female bartending competition that raises money for breast cancer prevention and uh, awareness. And but the other tier of that is that we are an all-female bartending competition to try to make a platform for women within the bartending industry. The hospitality industry has always tended to be a male-dominated industry and we want to create a platform for women to be like, hey, I'm here, you should hire me, I want to work and do this, and I'm hiding behind this guy over here. And we've been doing it for three years now. We're about to launch our fourth tour, fourth season tour um, nationally and we're very excited and it's become very successful and we've been helping women across the country get better jobs and get a bit more recognition and we've raised a ton of money for our causes, which is fantastic. I think you've raised over $250,000 to date, correct? Absolutely. Yep. Uh, and that's excluding our UK um, pounds because that's just the U.S. numbers. That's uh, just season four um, throughout the last three years of raising money in the U.S. Um, so that's been really fantastic. Uh, the amount of support we've gotten from the community has been um, I think that's been one of the most surprising things. Uh, everyone in some capacity has a, a personal story, personal relationship. So you have all these bartenders coming together, you know, for fun, enthusiastic atmosphere. But the cause is always, always there, but in a really wonderful um, way. You have everyone thinking about the loved ones who maybe have lost the cause or to root on someone who might be fighting right now. But everyone's there to um, help fight this disease to raise money for different organizations that either support women like share, which you um, brought us to people who really are invested in how do you um, take care of the women who are going through um, Mm -hmm. breast cancer right now. And then also research and working towards the goal of eradicating this disease and understanding that at its core. And I think it's, you know, when you, when you started out, did you have any resistance um, working with any of the organizations because this is a beverage alcohol program or no? We did, yeah. We had, um, when we first started out, we, we were kind of bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. We weren't quite sure what was going to come our way. We just knew that we wanted to raise some money. And we were both, I think, pretty taken aback by some of the responses that we had to people. We were like, hey, we do these events. Each of our events raises between three to $15,000 an event. We'd love to raise some money for your charity. Wouldn't this be great? And we got a lot of responses saying, hey, you know, no, we won't, we won't take your money. Or, you know, we'll take your money, but we can't partner with you. And at first we were like, well, <laughs> why? <laughs> you know, this is money. It's going to be used for a good cause. We don't understand why you won't take it. And there have been apparently studies that have been done that 
if you imbibe in alcohol, it could lead to cancer. Um, there have been studies that have been done that, you know, I think that perhaps if you, I think that their cancer can be linked to anything. I think that we could find a way to say that, you know, keeping your cell phone in your pocket could lead to cancer or, or any of these things, you know. But it was amazing being able to try to find people that, A, echoed our sentiments of who we believe in as a charity. It's hard to find charities that, you know, not only are trying to put an end to breast cancer, which is the number one priority, but also, also importantly, are echoing what we believe, like female empowerment, um, mm-hmm. not just trying to put an end, but really, hey, you may be suffering this disease rather than, just aiding you, let's empower you, let's do something, let's do something about it, let's get you a better job, let's get you some more money, let's make you feel fabulous, you know, in, in lieu of feeling like everything's ending. So it was difficult, but we managed to pull together in the end, and we've partnered with Share, which is excellent. Well, and, and just for listeners, Share um, is uh, www.sharecancersupport.org. It's a, uh, they, both Lynette and Ivy were honored by Share for their work um, to help women, and Share provides peer support for women with breast or ovarian cancer, and peer support is so important when you're going through. Um, I leaned on Share myself when I was going through it. And, you know, I think any, you know, I think when companies think about things like that, they have to think broad and not be short-sighted. I mean, at the end of the day, many, many women work in the beverage alcohol industry, and, and it's a growing area for job opportunities for women, um, whether it's working behind the bar or working as a brand ambassador or working in marketing. I mean, a lot of my friends and colleagues work in the business. So, you know, they are all possible. Sadly, one in eight women get breast cancer, so it could happen to anyone in any industry. So I think the companies that, uh, and organizations that are supporting Speed Rack have the proper vision, um, particularly because this is also about empowering women. And what's interesting is, you know, women have always had a strong history in the bartending world. And I attended a great um, session on that. I think, Lynette, you were, you were speaking in that, I think, weren't you on at Tales of the Cocktail? Yeah. yeah. And it was fascinating. But now it's becoming a really big career opportunity. Um, so for anyone who's thinking about it, what are some of the great opportunities that are out there for women who want to work in spirits today? and beverage alcohol? Well, as Ivy, Ivy pointed out, um, you know, what's been great about Speed Rack is there are, are these women who we're going to, we go to a lot of store markets, you know, and, and we happen to live in New York, and New York, a lot of the marketing companies are based here. So you have a lot of brand people around, and the opportunities, like much of business in New York, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere because you're meeting these people, you have a lot of contacts. So what's been great about Speed Rack is traveling around and meeting these other women who are, working in their cities who are developing every day and learning their crafts so they can get brand education jobs, you know, whether those are full or part-time. They could work um, in different bars, run bar programs. Um, there's, you know, I do a lot of consulting now and have transitioned out of the bar primarily, um, but have been exploring options other than just, you know, there's brand ambassadors and you're in bar but there are other opportunities all within there that can engage your entire um, range of your abilities and, and things you like to do. I was a former musical theater actor, and so knowing that I can do um, speaking engagements and presentations and being able to use that part of my skill set has given me a lot of opportunity to travel and educate and do seminars, and that's been really wonderful and very, um, you know, you have a lot of passion about 
things that you love. These are this is liquid art, and we're able to share that with everyone. And that's where I think the the new bartender who is really taking this as a serious craft job gets to do every day. I love that right. liquid art. Yeah, yeah, and, and just just yeah. your musical theater. It is theater. A lot of it is theater when you're working at. What about you? What about you, Ivy? <laughs> um, I think you know the thing I'm hoping about the bar industry. I think that is a I don't think it is a coincidence that the fact that the bar industry really started to boom when our economy collapsed, um, people who had degrees that were worth many hundreds of thousands of dollars, all of a sudden these degrees became not so valuable. I mean, yeah. I was a fine art and philosophy major, so my degree never was very valuable, but there were, <laughs> there were people that did have valuable degrees, and all of a sudden it was 2006, 2007, 2008, 2009, and these jobs were starting to disappear, and the, and the cocktail industry was starting to grow. I think lots of people who maybe were in a musical theater like Lynette or me, you guys in the art, or people who had cr- more creative jobs who always have been dr- drawn to the food and beverage industry, it was kind of the only option, and it really started to bloom and blossom, and now our industry is huge, and it's a career now. It's not, you know... When I first told my parents that I was going to continue being a bartender, I'm like, I'm, I, I'm quitting the job at the gallery, Dad. I, I worked at a gallery. Quitting the job <laughs> at the gallery. I'm going to make cocktails. I'm like, I actually got to be creative. I'm making art. I like it. I got to be social. And my dad was like, oh, but you're just going to be a bartender. And I was like, no, I'm not just a bartender. And now this just the bartender, this whole, well, what else do you do? What, you know, what else do you, what's your passion like, no, I'm bartending, and that's starting to be a thing. And now we can say that. You can consult. You can be a brand ambassador. You can be a bartender. You can make your own bitters. You can make your own spirit. There are endless possibilities and for men and women alike. And, you know, Speedrack is we try to bring that to the forefront. Like, okay, this is a career. We're making money. I have traveled the world seeing amazing things because of what I do with alcohol, and we're very lucky because of that. Well, I, I echo that because it seems like the majority of the, the um, guests that we seem to be having on the Connected Table Live seem to be women in the spirits business as I look at our schedule. There's just so many <laughs> women. Uh, maybe it's because I'm one half of the duo doing the interviews, but um, we seem to have a very women-dominated schedule coming up, um, whether it's in wine or spirits. And, you know, people used to say that about people who work behind the behind the stove, or you're just a cook, or you're just a chef. So, um you know, now that, you know, we, we see celebrity chefs and of course we also see, of course, celebrity mixologists and bartenders. Um, how do you feel about mixologists versus bartender? Do you have a, some people have feelings about that. Do you have feelings about that <laughs> in terms of the term? Um, yeah. I mean, if you talk to any mixologist, which I am for, I mean, I don't like to say it, but I am, that's what I do. Um, it's a buzzword now. It's a bit of a, you know, oh, you said that word mixologist because mixology has now has this kind of aura around it of being snooty and not welcoming and kind of like a jerk, like a jerk bartender, like someone who comes in and when if you ordered a dirty vodka martini, the mixologist would be kind of snoo snoo <laughs> and kind of like chew you down. Um, so people are like to stay away from it because no one wants to be a jerk. And this whole mixology, quote-unquote, thing um, can be kind of an aura of a jerk. But that being said, if I have to explain what I am to someone, like I have an aunt who insists on calling me a mixologist, I'm like, yes, you are right. 
I am a mixologist. That's what I do. And it's, uh, I would prefer not to be called that, but I think there's a bad stigma behind it that people are starting to change. Um, cocktails are becoming much more mainstream. It's not, it's no longer this, um, elite section of society. And I think that with that, that term can kind of dissipate, which is a good thing. Yeah, I mean, you yeah, know, it's I, like publicist. I cringe when somebody says the word publicist to me, and I want to throw up. So I know how you feel. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, and I, I agree. I agree with Ivy. Uh, you know, when Jerry Thomas like first wrote his book, it was called Mixology. So, and he's you know really the father of something created. You know, had a wonderful drinks program, wanted to be this um, to set himself apart from the publicans and the people in the bar. Um, and and you know now. You, it's, it is, I agree with Ivy, it is, it's one of those things where like, well, it is what technically the best way to describe what you do, um, but there is that part of, if you ever have been behind a bar, you have an innate sensibility of how to treat guests and welcome guests, and just because, you know, 90% of what I do now is, is consulting and, and doing, you know, bar programs and ambassador work, it doesn't mean that if you don't lose that core of who you are as a bartender, I think that's what the most important thing is. Remember that every guest that comes to you to drink from you at an event, it's you use those same skill sets, and I think almost everyone has a rite of passage and to at least for one year hop behind a bar and be behind a bar and understand people and that interaction, even if you're going to go off and work in a bubble and just create drinks for, you know, for a company, you still need to understand who those consumers are, who the people are who are buying drinks and, and understand that interaction because then it, otherwise you're creating something that's not going to be able to be sold. That's not going to have the, the sensibility of who the people are, who the people are at the core who are buying these things. Well, it is the hospitality industry and you are serving people. And I think that's most important. Um, although with Speedback, the competition, it's about speed and precision and, and, and the quality of the cocktail, which is also important because you have to be kind of fast when you work behind a bar. Um, just a few more things about Speedback. So you're kicking off, um, when is the first uh, tour day? It's in Washington, D.C., November 10th, correct? Yes. And, and can anybody go to these events? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Um, we please. Yeah. Please, everybody come and 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 this is a good time to say it's open to the public and there's an admission and remember this goes to a charity and where can uh listeners go to find out the schedule? Give us the let's go do the goods right now, the website, the Twitter. Sure. So, yeah. So, we, you can find us on Facebook. It's very easy to find us for Speed Rack, Speed Space Rack. On Facebook, for those of people that don't know, the name Speed Rack comes from um, if you're working at a bar and you have your ice bin and you have the bar in front of you as a bartender, that rail that you keep your bar you, your bottles in to move quickly, that's called a speed rack or a speed rail. So that's where the name came from. Um, additionally, a speed rack is what happens as a woman endowed with breasts that we all intend to keep <laughs> will happen when you are double shaking cocktails. So. That's, uh, that's where the name came from. But, but we also, so you can find out more about us on Facebook, Speed Rack, Speed Space Rack on Facebook. On Twitter, we're at speed underscore rack. And our website is speed-rack.com. And on the website, you can find out all of our tour dates. Um, if anyone out there is a bartender listening, you can find out how to apply to be in Speed Rack and compete. Um, our events are absolutely open to everyone as long as you're over the age of 21 because we are serving alcoholic beverages so you have to be 21 with id to come 
but speed rack is a really unique thing because thanks to our wonderful, wonderful sponsors that you can also find out about on our website, we are able to make speed rack 100% for charity. So every dollar from tickets, Every we put tip buckets out everywhere. We do raffle prizes. We do all this stuff. Every single dollar that people spend when they come to a speed rack event will go directly to our charities that benefit from us. Share, as we mentioned before, being a big one. We have a few other ones that we work with as well, um, but that's how we do it. So everyone should come. They're wonderfully exciting and fun, and that's I think the greatest thing about speed rack is that it's a breast cancer event that is fun. We it's have a lot fun. of fun. And, and just, you know, there's guys there, too. And the guys are what they call the barbacks. <laughs> <laughs> and they're wearing rags on their head. And they're there supporting, right? It's it's really oh, absolutely. rowdy and fun. Yeah, it's, it's, the, guys are, the guys get into it a lot. They are there to support their ladies. Um, you know, we get a lot of um, people, the girls invite their regulars from their bars. So, you know, it's a friendly competition atmosphere. You have people rooting on for their for their lady who they hope makes it to the top. Um, and you have everyone there for just such a great cause. And, and it's just one of those events where, you know, it's really hard to describe what the energy is like, but you walk in the room and it's this bright, lifted, um, amazing celebration of women, of cocktails, of community, of everyone supporting each other and for raising money. And it's one of the most, um, like the end of the event, you feel awesome. You're like, I got to taste amazing spirits and punches. I got to root on um, wonderful women who are working really, really hard to show their craft and to make the best drinks and please these very tough judges. And you get to be in a room of people who are giving and sharing and, and loving. And it's, it's just really a great experience. Eight cities this year in the United States with the finals June 7th in New York. And you crown Miss Speedrack. What does Miss Speedrack win? Well, she wins, uh, actually one of the best things that she gets is an educational scholarship to the Bar 5 Day, which is a program run by some of the best um, people that we know in the industry, Steve Olson, Dale DeGroff, Dave Wandrish, Kenny Seymour, Doug Frost, Paul Packald, um, these people who have been educating the entire community on spirits, cocktails. Uh, she wins this five-day intensive educational opportunity to learn, and it's um, I think it's really what the girls are, are one of the biggest things they're fighting for. It's, it's you know, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. tasting and really learning. It's, it's our only really graduate degree in spirits, um, and that's the biggest prize. Uh, there's big a couple deal. of the prizes we can't announce yet, but that's the big educational topper to the end of the of the prize. And they get to come to New York. Every girl who wins their local, so that's really fun. Um, one of our sponsors, St. Germain, has sponsored the ladies uh, to come here to New York and get a weekend here to you know learn with their you know with their friends and be in the other bars. And this community is such a sharing, loving community. We love being able to get to other cities and and work with our other bartenders. Ivy's actually in Toronto right now, so she's actually yeah. learning from uh, <laughs> our, learning from the north. So it's one of those things we love to do uh, to share and travel and and share ideas. So and speaking of, um, you're going to be going out of the country to Canada in the spring, Vancouver, uh, UK, in Paris next year, right? It's a big year. Yeah, <laughs> that's huge. I mean, and and this is a global. This is going to become a global phenomenon, which is really, really, really exciting. Um, we have about. Yeah. I think two minutes left. So just so who was Miss Speedrack for everybody who wants who who might want to know who the winner was last year? 
Last year, our winner was a girl named Caitlin Lehman, and she's in San Francisco. We were extremely excited to have a West Coast girl win. The first year, we had um, Yeltsin Groff win. She's originally mm-hmm. from Texas, has bartended throughout New York, and now is in L.A. Uh, year two, Aaron Reese, who mm-hmm. is a New York bartender, now current bar- head bartender of Death & Company, won. And this year, this past year, uh, as I said, Caitlin Lehman who is the head bartender of Trick Dog in San Francisco. She is incredibly talented, exceptional, is breaking boundaries, and I just really was so, so pleased to have someone from the West Coast represent. We have seen so many women across the world do, and especially the United States. We've been everywhere. Lynette, we, we've been everywhere, right? I mean, where haven't we been? I feel like we've been everywhere. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> Well, I think yeah. it's I think and, it's great. You know, do you know how many women work in the industry? Do you have any idea or how how many compete in speed rack competitions around the world? Yeah, well, in the U.S. So alone. Just, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so in the U.S. alone, we had over five hundred and fifty wow. women compete over the last three years. Um, wow. And then I would say probably for the net for the U.K. events, we've had at least another eighty women overall. Um, that we've yeah. seen applications from and women who are getting involved. So, I mean, it is, it is something we're talking today about data capture um, with Discus, actually, of how getting data from women is actually quite difficult because the questions they're asked about their drinking patterns are not exactly the right questions. And I feel that same yeah. way about uh, speed rack and finding out how many women out there are bartending or are doing, you know, owning bars. It's a really difficult, Oops, we gotta go. it's difficult data to get. So, but we have to get that information because there's a lot of women out there. Well, that is my, unfortunately, I got to, we got to end now, but that's a good point. And I want to, um, to end on that many, many women, it's a big industry and you're doing a great job supporting it. This is, uh, Lynette Marrero and Ivy Mix, the founders of Speed Rack. A toast to you both. Thank you for all you're doing. Thank you. Thank and, you so much for all you're doing as well. Thank you. Well, we will be talking to you Wednesday. All right. Tune in to the Connected Table right. Live. Thanks so much. All right. Have a Amazing. good one. Thank you. All righty. Bye. Oh!